Hello, welcome to today's episode of Fun Facts and Sad Truth. Fun fact, today is April 20th, also known as 420, a national, uh, an American uh, weed smoking holiday, um, and subsequently also Adolf Hitler's birthday. And today's sad truth, unfortunately, uh, after, you know, being born and everything, Adolf Hitler uh, made some less than savory choices in his later life, kind of tarnishing his legacy and everything. So, uh, not a great, not a great history and everything for him. Welcome to this week's episode of Fun Facts and Sad Truths. Uh, today, where you are, is whatever day you're listening to this, which is some point after 4.20, because it's not going to be released for a couple of days until, like, Wednesday. But we're recording it today on 4.20. Um, so happy after 4.20 for those of you who are no longer celebrating. And, you know, whatever. And if you believe in, uh, in Easter and all that stuff... Happy uh, belated Easter, too. Uh, and then for those of you who uh, are still in the middle of Passover, uh, happy, happy Passover. I broke kosher on the first day. I was like, this is the year I'm actually going to put in an effort. And uh, I didn't. So uh, it is one of those things where I realized I wasn't. And I was like, well, not going to bother just, doing it any of the other eight days. I mean, you you, you got to do what I do. See, I eat kosher all the time because I hired a priest, Jewish priest. Rabbi? Rabbi, that's yeah. what I meant. Um, he, he, we, we joke. I call him priest. He laughs and calls me an asshole. Um, and uh, I hired him, and every time I buy something, I just give it to him, and then he gives it back to me, and now it's kosher because all you have to do is get it blessed by a rabbi yeah. in order to make it kosher. I don't so, like, I'll give Jews. him an entire plate of bacon, be mm-hmm. like, kosher this up, please, and then he'll give it back, and then I'll eat it and cry. And it's just it's just really how, uh, you know, that, 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 that's that's the best way to, uh, you know, be be in tune with your Jewish ancestors. Have a, have a uh, butler slash rabbi follow you around to bless your food. That's really what they wanted. Exactly. And, uh... I mean, think about who decided Jewish law. Rabbis. They don't care if you eat pork. What they want is to get some, like, a job. They're trying to get, yeah. like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, you're going to need yeah. a rabbi if you want to eat that bacon. Yeah, exactly. You know, because, I mean, if, if, if they don't bless it, you get worms. That's how it works. Yeah. Anybody who's ever eaten bacon that's not kosher has gotten worms. Fact. Christians don't understand, or goy in general, I guess, don't understand... How uh, goyim, um, a Jewish concept of blessing works because their idea of blessing is just being like having a fucking priest go like, hey, hey, you're you're good. Whereas with rabbis, it's blessing literally just meant cleansing uh, food. 
Yeah. You just you take the worms off. Yeah. And they literally yeah, and just worms on it to take it off. Priests say, are the only ones who are qualified to completely. That's why every restaurant has a priest in it to make sure that the food is good. Because if you don't, you lose a bunch of points on your uh, health inspection. Absolutely. Yeah. Go I mean, from, it's, go it's from 90 to 75% real quick with no Absolutely. priest there. Or rabbi. If you have a priest and a rabbi, God, it's crazy times. It's too much. Yep. So, uh, that's all of our timely content for today. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Very little of that had anything to do with 420. <laughs> we started going on a rant about Jews. Anyway. Yeah. Everything eventually. Everything eventually uh, leads to a rant about the Jews. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to start off today, get right into the, the fact of the matter, as, as, as you, if, you, if you will. It's fun facts, etc. Um, start off with a, a new segment, uh, lists of stuff. So a lot of people like content in list form, like BuzzFeed, Vice, um, uh, the New York Times, the HardTimes.net, um, your public library might have a list somewhere in there. Private libraries. If you got like that, you know. Um, I have to assume, like, porn websites probably have some lists going on. Oh, yeah. Pornographic yeah. lists, even. A yeah. li- like, li- specifically porn that is of a list for people who like lists in a little bit more than yeah. you and I do, if you know what I'm... If I, yeah. what, what I'm saying by that. Yeah. They masturbate to lists, which actually brings us straight into what I wanted to talk about, which is top five favorite recurring SNL uh, character bits, skits, kind of things, whatever, of all time, which... I'm leading off with my number five. Uh, guy who casually brings up that he was jacking off at the beginning of every story that he tells. This was a character played by Rob Schneider during his tenure on SNL. And the skits would always start with, like, you know, they'd be, like, having a conversation. Like, oh, hey, uh, guy who casually brings up jacking off at the beginning of every story he tells. What, what do you do? How, how's your day been? says, oh, you know, well, this morning I was jacking off. And then everyone's like, Whoa! You know? So that's number five. Number four. What's your, your number four favorite recurring SNL characters, skits, bits, whatever? Um, it's the, uh, it was, it was the guy who was racist, and every time he was about to say the N-word, someone else jumped in and said a different N-word right when he started saying N. Uh, I believe that was Norm MacDonald who played that character. Yeah. Um, he was my, he was my favorite, uh... Because I mean, it's just, it, it 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 kind of you know it's like when is the right time to say it, and it's never is, is the fact that it's it's like every it's okay to say any other n word. Yeah, and That's ev- not that every one. skit would end with sort of that moral lesson where he would be like, you know, I think I learned a lesson today about uh, not saying the n word. Yeah, he was he was playing Ronald Reagan in in those bits. Yeah, because that was in real life. Pretty much what Reagan's M.O. was, was constantly having George H.W. Bush jump in front of him and stop him from saying the M.O. <laughs> We're tired of these ne- negligence, negligence, the negligence of people who are bad. And it just, it, we, he really wasn't good at covering it up. No. Uh, and though most of them were like that. Every single time, Reagan would say, no, I was going, and then he would say it. <laughs> and I'm and, not going to say it. Well, and with that situation, the only N-word that the... the uh, Bush could think about, other than that, was um, was it Bush? 
Yeah, it was Bush. Yeah. Norm yeah. McDonald. Which is why they gave him the character. Because he would just be like, I'm Norm McDonald. Yeah, yeah. That was the only other one because, like, that, that was the one in his head. Yeah. And he had to stop himself from saying that word to stop him from saying that word. But, it, like, it wouldn't have been helpful if he just said the wrong one, you know, yeah. so. And it, it went, they went both ways because frequently George H.W. Bush would be trying to tell a story about Norm McDonald and Reagan would correct him and say, <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Uh, what's your number three? Number three, um, guy who works at a, a, like a, a, one of those, like, fruit stands who, uh, is constantly being asked for things that aren't fruit. So, he was played by, uh, Tom Hanks. He, whenever he would host, he would have one of his, uh, his, with these skits where he would be the guy who's got... A fruit stand, and people would come up and be like, "Hey, can I have a uh, plasma screen TV?" And he'd be like, "It's a fruit stand." And that was his, his catchphrase: "Was it's a fruit stand." Yeah. yeah, they they recorded about probably fifty hours of that bit alone. Yeah, no, and yeah. I think they would use them between the other bits, right? Yeah, yeah. they would they would they would just kind of cushion the show, pad it for runtime, yeah. which is weird to do because they were also doing it live. So yeah. how that exactly worked was confusing to me, but because you know, like they'd record it in advance, but there's like the people in the audience watching, so they would be playing the recording that they did in advance. But Tom Hanks would have to come out and pantomime it. Yeah, and there, I'm really hoping that when they get to the hundred year mark of the show, they'll release like they'll all release of the... Tom Hanks from his prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll finally let Tom Hanks back out into the world. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Jake Bull. Um, um, my number two is, um, uh, that, uh, that guy from a completely different show, Mad TV, um, who would do the the Stewart guy who mm-hmm. was really who like was basically a special needs man and they made fun of him for that and he always had something to show someone. Um yeah. and uh yeah that's my that's uh, that's number two on my SNL list is that guy from Mad T V. Um also number two is the other the woman from Mad T V who plays the guy who keeps on pestering that white woman for her number. Oh, I yeah. find that very funny and... Tied at number two. Tied at number two, yeah. So, there's six in this list, but two of them are number two, so it's yeah, still top right. five. And number one is the entire, uh, the entirety of, of um, Mad Men, the entire show Mad Men, which was an SNL uh, skit that they just kind of, like, released separately. But it was... The joke was supposed to be, like... This guy's an asshole, and like the punchline was kind of lost on a lot of people because it it was just not funny. Yeah, well, they they didn't do it in front of the audience like normal, and they didn't show it to the audience live to get live reactions. No, so it was still no... live, but it was behind like a curtain, and they just kind of sat there for an hour. Like, I wonder what's going on. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, uh, okay. John Hamm was would come out and be like, "Hey, everybody, live from New York. It's it's Saturday night," and then go behind the curtain. And they'd be like, "When when are you gonna come back?" <laughs> And then they'd come out and be like, it was a great episode, I promise. And mm-hmm. it'd be yeah. And uh, it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. 
um, yeah, I know. It's like, um, ah, what was that? What was that one SNL bit that turned into a movie about the guys who would uh, bop their head to uh, what is love? Oh, Night of the Roxbury. Night of the Roxbury. Yeah, it's like that, but instead of like it becoming a movie, it became a full-length TV show that had nothing to do with the original skit. No, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, 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 uh, it was really a plug, the entirety of Mad Men actually was, you know, since we're talking about it, it was a plug for, uh, John Ham's, um, his, uh, his, his other business venture, John's Ham. Yeah. Um, where he, uh, he tried to push his ham in every, uh, every episode, somebody, somebody in the show was eating a piece of... John's ham with a bench with a big old label, you know, sitting in front of them, and like, mmm, this is good John's ham, and they're like, we're talking about business here, and yeah, and it it was harmful. They didn't want it there because they they tried like very hard to get rid of that, but John Ham would not budge because he wouldn't do the show unless they did it, and mm. it wasn't an issue of like it worked into the plot pretty well. A lot yeah. of the best arcs were about how good the ham was, but the logo of John's hams was Barack Obama on an iPhone saying with a speech speech bubble, I'm the first black president and I was elected in 2008 and my name is Barack Obama, which obviously, seeing as it was a period show from the 60s, <laughs> didn't work very well. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I... <laughs> I'm surprised you did most of the theme song, the whole like thing of him falling and everything. Like, there's billboards throughout the entire thing of Barack Obama on an iPhone saying, "My name is Barack Obama, and I'm the first black president I was elected in 2000." When you say Barack Obama on the iPhone, it was like he was like using an iPhone, or what was he was holding an up an iPhone, iPhone, and it was a picture of his face with the speech bubble. No, he was he was holding up an iPhone in his hand. And on the iPhone, it showed a list of all of the World Series winners from the 1960s <laughs> to 2008. Which is why everybody in Mad Men was so financially stable. Exactly. They and knew in the order, future. They realized there would be some confusion, but because John Hamm wouldn't budge on the concept, they just had to start every episode by having John Hamm burst out of his apartment and say, Today is July 8th, 1962, to nobody in particular. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's, it's a very natural way. Like, whenever I burst into a place where there's a bunch of people, I yell out the date because I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page with me. Because, you know, some people are like, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know. No, absolutely. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody knows. Today is Tuesday, the whatever, and, you know, and, you, and usually it's Tuesday when I do it because I go to the same place every Tuesday to yell at people. No, for me, it's usually Wednesday because other than Wednesdays, I don't, like, leave the house. But yeah, that's our, our list for Saturday Night Live sketches. Um, staying in the uh, the vein of pop culture, uh, let's talk about uh, movies. We were able to see a pre-release of Marvel's Avengers Endgame, mm -hmm. which we're not going to spoil a whole lot for you because we don't people want to watch this new Marvel movie. They want to see, like, oh, what's going to happen? So we're not going to spoil too much, but if you don't want to listen to any spoilers, you know, uh, you're going to want to turn off the, the podcast, which... Uh, don't, oh, no, just, don't... just turn down the volume and keep listening. We need the views, but... Yeah. Yeah. 
just kind of fast forward. Um, I'm not going to give you an exact time because I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So just, uh, you know. We'll just wing it. Venmo us money. And we'll tell you. And we'll tell you the time to skip to in the episode. Exactly. Venmo, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean. So, let's get down to brass tacks here. I was pretty surprised at how much frontal nudity there was. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't. I don't blame them. You can't have Thanos on the screen for that long, who is played by... Um, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, yeah. You can't have him on the screen for that long. Talking and... explicitly about the the weird shape of the lump on his, like, upper thigh. And I yeah. thought you'd get him without pants, but, like, he yeah. fully, fully did. Uh, yeah, no, fully front. It's like, it was... It and it was, was a weird lump. Yeah, it was a crazy weird lump. I mean, that's... that's Not I mean, related to the plot at all. I was waiting I mean, for that to play in. Well, I think I they they strongly implied it was going to because you know they they had all those scenes of Thanos at the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, getting checked up, making sure, you know, whether or not the lump was something serious, and they never you know like said whether or not it was serious, but you know they they, they he ended up dying of something else. So, you know, it's it's yeah. the real the real the real. You know, lesson there is, you know, be 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 aware of your body. Be ready. Yeah. Be ready to take care of it when you need to. You yeah. can't. And he went you know. into anaphylactic shock due to eating a uh, peanut butter, which I was not expecting to be how that would resolve itself. And that happens in the first like thirty minutes of the movie. So like the rest of the movie, they've already got Thanos is dead, mm-hmm. and all of the other characters came back, and they didn't really explain that. At the beginning well, of the movie, they just were there, and they're like, "We're back. It's okay." <laughs> like right after he died, yeah, they all just they all just came back and they were like, oh, okay, cool, and which was a um, it was a choice, yeah. And I mean, so yeah, I and mean, everybody knows it's what like a three and a half hour movie or whatever. Yeah, so like having um, that all end in the first thirty minutes was yeah, is like what what's gonna happen next, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's I, I think one of the most surprising parts is that uh, it, it it seemed. To turn into a uh, like a sequel to Forty Days and Forty Nights, um, mm-hmm. you know, after after that point, but like with the superhero characters instead yep. of uh, who was it Matt Damon? No, who was in that movie? I can't remember. One of those famous hot ones. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, and I think I think it was a bold choice. Yeah. Or the and and I and I personally was a fan of it. I was I was a fan of that. I was a little off put by the idea of all of the actors just referring to each other by their actual names rather than like being like the character names. Like it was mm-hmm. weird when like and it was always full names. It was like uh, Robert Downey Jr. Pass me that shovel, and he'd be like, "All right, Chris Hemsworth," and it was just like, "Okay." <laughs> I was waiting to see like where they were gonna take that, and never really explained much. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I, I believe I believe just they forgot that they were acting, or I think that they the only, the first thirty minutes was just the movie, and then the rest of it it was more of a documentary about the people who played the the superheroes, and then also that subplot about the guy who couldn't have sex uh, over Lent. Yeah, which was again a choice, and it was weird that whole subplot playing out. And you didn't ever meet the characters involved. Yeah. It was just being explained by um, uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo. And he was, like, sitting alone in the room telling the story 
to see, I guess, the viewer. Yeah, yeah. and, um, and, and weirdly enough, uh, like, every, every other block of 30 minutes, so half the movie, but every other block of 30 minutes was directed entirely by Tyler Perry. Yeah. Um, which I think was also a weird, uh, weird move on their behalf. Just, it was a clear, like, shift, because it would, like, the, they'd do, like, one of those, like, iMovie transitions, and there'd be, like, the noise they play, like, in, like, when something magic's happening, and, like, it was, like, and then Tyler Perry would, like, come on screen and be, like, and now, this! And it was just, like, okay. And it was, again, completely unrelated to whatever else was going on. It was yeah. a story about a former stripper trying to find Jesus for the holidays, and I thought at first, like, oh, this is just another story about, like, redemption and, like, trying to, you know, become a better person. But it was literally, she was an archaeologist trying to find the body of Christ. Mm. And the theme was, in the process, she realized she was evil and wrong and terrible for being a stripper and that she should hate herself for doing something like that for money and that she is the, you know... A, a sinner and a terrible person mm -hmm. and believed, converted to Christianity. So, like, it was like a metaphor that she was trying to find the body of Christ. And I felt like the moral moralizing of, like, you know, it's it's evil to be a stripper and you should you know, feel mm -hmm. bad was kind of undercut by the fact that she was just dressed, like, in lingerie the entire archaeological thing and Tyler Perry was visibly in the background just, like, leering and it was uncomfortable mm -hmm. but he would then like walk up because it was the point it was like Alfred Hitchcock's and like all of his scenes he would like walk up and be like I'm just doing my job and it was like this is weird and I, I was very uncomfortable with the entire thing yeah it was awful it was, <laughs> it was a bad movie <laughs> pretty bad movie yeah I'm also not a hundred percent convinced that we actually got a real copy of the movie. Well, it was it was um, we got it uh, from so the half of it was directed by Tyler Perry, but then the other half was directed by Christopher Columbus, and we got we got a letter from him. Yeah, with the movie, so I, like it seems valid because he's like a real Hollywood guy. Yeah, although he did. He did include a picture of, like, Christopher Columbus who um, came to America yeah, after the, it was already discovered by... Um, the genocide guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Captain Genocide. Actually, yeah. that was his role. Yes. Uh, in the movie. Uh, he was also in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, it felt like it was just kind of recorded in someone's backyard, and it was just very uncomfortable. There was, and like, heavy all the breathing. death seemed really real. Yeah, like... <laughs> And, like, the aftermath of, like, covering the bodies and, like, just, like, he was really sweaty the whole time and just yeah. all around, not a fun movie experience. Uh, and the threatening letter that came with it from him, if we talked about it, was kind of off-putting as well. Overall, though, uh, gonna give it five out of five stars just mm -hmm. uh, because he clearly knows where we live. MCU. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then he knows where, well, one of the bodies was buried in my backyard. Yeah. Based on the footage. Yeah. Um, and, uh, which is weird because it seems like the, 
movie was like recorded years before I even moved into that house because I dug it up and that like the body was like all bones. Well, also because no you muscle could on it. clearly and that takes years to deteriorate. Well, you could also clearly see like footage of you as a child throughout the movie, which was <laughs> unsettling to say the least. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, from, I, like, st- I still haven't seen any of those royalties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the movie hasn't come out yet, but I hope I get some royalties once it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. And if you see a movie that's entirely different from what we described, it's a farce. Yeah, that's got to be wrong. This was the first Marvel movie I've seen. (laughs) That's what some people are, though. Dude, I know so many people are like, oh, that game's coming out. Now I want to watch 25 hours of movies. It's like, no, fuck you. You should have been watching them. Every two years since 2008 or whenever, however often they came out. Every year since 2008. Yeah, no. Like, 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 here's my... And it's just like... (laughs) I'm personally very happy with the current state... Well, it's the same kind of thing we were talking about before, yeah. Well, I'm very happy with the current state of, of art and cinema that going to see a movie... Is something like it's it's created pretty much like in a factory to create something that will be marketing like revenue through company mergers mm-hmm. of like being able to gain properties, put them together like with highly trained people who know how to make a movie that is going to sell well. You know, there's very little artistic uh, uh, consideration. It's more of a product, mm-hmm. and we are supposed to treat it as sort of a, a constant obligation to devote hours upon hours of our life to defining ourselves around these products. I think that is a really good thing for society to do, and I think we should do it with more things. I I personally am treating this current presidential election cycle based on whoever um, claps back the hardest on Twitter, I just send them my paycheck. And I haven't been able to make rent, I don't eat food anymore, but uh, Kamala Harris who, I don't know any of her policies, but she posted like a really funny gif um, and I just started, I was alone in my room and I just started clapping for like 10 minutes and then I, I broke out into a sob just because I, I haven't been, I haven't been like hugged in a long time. Moving on though. Uh... <laughs> um, Talk about sports. Um, so, what sports are even going on right now? Basketball is uh, taking a kind of an unexpected turn. I don't know if you saw this, but they're um, they're gonna start allowing players to like bring like a ladder or something, and like just sneak up with like put a ladder, do like a funny little like climb up, drop the ball in. And like bring um like bags of uh, of like sand to throw in people's eyes mm-hmm. and like marbles to throw on the ground. Well, and it's well, so those are for um, if somebody goes underneath the ladder, then the game is required by natural law that the uh, the team who uh, went under the ladder gets bad luck. So they get the sand thrown at them. They get the sand. They get marbles thrown under their feet. And all um, the referees. While they're sitting on the sidelines, there's somebody underneath the chairs tying their shoelaces exactly, together. Exactly, absolutely, yeah. And then they, 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 like, foolishly, like, they stand up and they have to, like, wave their arms in the air and go, like, whoa, 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 or they get fined. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
the other thing is they're replacing all the referees with those guys at like the Apollo who just kind of like dance out on stage and pull you off with a cane. So instead mm-hmm. of just like getting a uh, uh, foul and like getting like, you know, whatever, like you have to sit out or like mm-hmm. whatever, they come out and they like do that and everyone's got to like, you know, the, the audience has those signs like they do with TV shows where it gives them a prompt for like, now you should be laughing, now you should be mm-hmm. uh, making weird coughing noises, now you should be... <laughs> Now you should be sniffling loudly into the closest microphone. Hooting and hollering, um, stomping your feet real loud, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. and um, Like eating, eating bananas annoyingly. And throwing the peel right in front of a player right before they're about to do an important play, but like they're not looking. And then bring a slide whistle so that once they start yeah. sliding on the banana peel inevitably... Because that's what happens. Yeah. Um, go with the with the slide whistle. Really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just do that as they're following, and then and then everybody will laugh and clap, and that player will get an extra uh, two hundred dollars, I think, at the end of the game. Yeah. And uh, playing by the rules of like. Uh, throwing money on the court too, mm-hmm. like you would at like a, a strip club. And if, if someone does a dunk, you're really proud of. Throw a couple of singles yeah. out there. Well, and it's and it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Quidditch. Like at one point during the game, see a lot of the basketball players when they started this rule, they didn't pay attention to the money on the ground because it was like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But then it's uh, there'd be one person who would throw out a hundred dollar bill, and the person to grab that, uh, their team would automatically uh, win the game. Yeah. Uh, so it's it, so it started to be a mad mad dash for cash as they yeah. as they say in the biz as they do and the other thing they're changing is like courtside seats which have famously always been for like famous people or like wealthy people whoever can afford them a lot of like Jack Nicholson will be there Rihanna's been there Jay Z mm-hmm. that kind of stuff uh, Drake at the uh, yeah. Toronto Raptors games always yeah. so like those specifically have to go to people who are good at like some amount of physical comedy. So the goal is to have them do like mm-hmm. like the guy in the office. So like if a play happens that's particularly good or bad, they're going to cut to one of the guys mm-hmm. in the courtside seats who has to look at the camera and go, can you believe these guys? Yeah. Every time. Yeah, and, and those of you worried about the rich people who are getting their courtside seats taken away from them, getting mm-hmm. their jobs taken away, uh, what they're actually going to do is they're going to make the entire... Uh, basketball court glass or like a plexiglass, like a stronger one, and then they're gonna uh, give those rich people um, rollers, like you know the the people that like a like an auto shop would have to get underneath the car. Mm-hmm. They give them that, and then they can go actually underneath the court and watch basketball yeah. from like the closest possible. Exactly. And uh, if you've ever, and yeah, it really frightens a lot of the players when terrifying. they look down. It's like, oh geez, it looks yeah. like a dead person. Absolutely. Terrifying. You know, underneath the court. Um, Another thing they're doing is if you've ever seen those psychological test things where it's like you're watching a video and you have to count how many times they pass the basketball so you don't notice the guy in the monkey suit walking out in front. That's the entire game now. And if you can spot the monkey, you get sent a card signed by the uh, winning championship team saying, you found the monkey. And they don't sign their own name, so it's really not worth any money to resell it. They all just write down, you found the monkey in their own handwriting. Which, you know, it's a cool little little gift to get. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to all of that, I'm pretty excited about the other thing. They they said, they were really upset. They've been waiting to roll this out for over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. They've been planning this, figuring things out. And the original plan was there would be an ongoing sort of like gag where the real actual Osama bin Laden would 
sneak out and pre- be in like disguised as a player, go up to one of the cameras and go like, you can't see me because it's a podcast, but like holding your finger up to your lips going like, shh, doing that kind of thing. Classic shish motion. Yeah, classic Osama Bin Laden joke, really. And he was going to go out and do that and then like score like a really good dunk and they'd be like, oh, who was that guy? And he'd be like, oh, I don't know. And like walk away (laughs) and he'd be like, ooh, that guy looked familiar. Unfortunately, uh, and 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 fortunately, because he did some some mm-hmm. bad stuff, he did uh, get killed by the United States government before yeah. they were able to do that. So instead of Osama bin Laden, they're just going to uh, have like various uh, criminals of, of mm-hmm. terrible offenses get let out with full amnesty as long as they're willing to do that joke. Well, there, there's that, and then also um, like you know, in the middle of the game, like at halftime. Uh, they'll you know pull someone from from the crowd to do a half court shot, and um, they they're gonna start doing that with uh, with uh, death row inmates. And mm-hmm. um, if they make the shot, uh, they get to keep their lives. Uh, but if they miss, uh, they like get executed publicly in the middle of the game. And it really has brought attendance up yeah. tenfold. And it's like a dunk tank kind of thing where they, if they miss it, they right down. Yeah. But instead of into uh, a, just a dunk tank of water. It's a dunk tank of water with uh, a car battery in it, mm-hmm. which it's uh, obviously I'm not pro. I'm very anti-death penalty. I think we need mm-hmm. to abolish it. But the NBA has been struggling to anti-death penalty, but pro entertainment. Yeah. So and and all of these guys, they're you know uh, <laughs> currently currently uh, under review because they might have been wrongfully uh, convicted. Mm-hmm. So it adds a little bit of mystery. And several of them have been uh, posthumously found to have been uh, innocent of any wrongdoing. Which, is it ethically concerning? Absolutely. But it does kind of make it like, oh, I I hope this guy gets out because he might be innocent. Yeah. Well, and some of them, they, they decided to kill him while the ball was still in the air. And as they were dying, the the, the, the ball actually make, made it. So they were yeah. they were anticipating that they were going to miss. And yeah. uh, killed him preemptively. Uh, so they were both innocent and also made the shot. It's like were, Schrodinger's uh, death penalty. Yeah. You're both innocent and not innocent. And whatever. Yeah. The criminal justice system in America is mostly perfect. Um, except for the people who carry it out and the laws they're supporting. Other than that. Other than that, I mean, it's pretty solid, yeah. The, the cars are kind of cool. There's that. And the judges, uh, they don't wear silly wigs like in um, in Europe, so at least we have that going for us. You can have, like, a sexy-ass judge, like uh, like Judge Mathis. Judge Judy. Judge Judy. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Phil isn't a legal judge, but he judges people a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty hot. In, like, a doctor kind of way. Oh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited to see how the NBA Finals uh, play out. Um, and it's going to be pretty crazy to see. The first time in a long time that LeBron James will not be involved. Uh, but he has said that he will still try and find a, a sneaky little way to get out there and play. Uh, some people have seen him going into various costume stores to dress up like a janitor. 
So mm-hmm. I, I think I might be able to figure out what his plan is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I think he's going to murder one of the janitors and live his life to try and escape uh, playing in the NBA. Because he, he hates it. He's just going... <laughs> He despises every second of basketball, and he has been dying to just live a humble existence as a janitor for probably most of his his last uh, his career, really. Because he said they picked him up. He was uh, on his way to work as a uh, he was a pilot. Uh-huh. He used to he used to fly for United Airlines, and they they came up to him and said, "Hey, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, um, get, get in the car." And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, you can be the next Michael Jordan. He's like, I don't even like playing bas- baseball. And they're like, no, 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 the other, the other thing he did. He's like, oh, I don't like gambling either. They're like, no, 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 the other thing. He's like, I don't want to be a shoe company owner. He's like, no, 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 the other thing. And that was actually the day, because the next thing he said was like, I, I don't want to golf, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to be a spokesperson for Haynes. Turned out uh, Michael Jordan was a basketball player. LeBron James had not known that at any point in his career, in his life. Because he was just a mm-hmm. pilot, you know, he, used to, he flew planes. So they, they threw him into the back of the van finally and said, listen, you got to play basketball. And he sucked at it. He was absolutely terrible at playing basketball. And that never changed. <laughs> it's like the blind side, but the person wasn't good at the sport. It's like yeah. they just picked up a blind person and expect them to be good at the sport. Yeah. It was very racist. The whole thing was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what isn't these days? What isn't? Definitely, definitely. Speaking um, of, our sponsor. <laughs> our sponsor. Our sponsor today is, uh, what, what? It's, uh, it's Kids Bop does other stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, we're going to play our little advertisement for that. Okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> This episode of Fun Facts and Sad Truths is brought to you by Kids Bop, but for other stuff. Yeah. Um, everybody knows Kids Bop. They've been doing it for years. What are they on? Number like 30-something at this point. I actually don't know about Kids Bop. Oh, okay. Well, they, 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 they what they do is they take popular music and they have it sung by children also taking out the swear words in some of them because they still let the children sing songs that have to do with things involving swear words, but they don't let them say the swear words. Yeah. Uh, so in that same vein, they're doing things, um, they're doing, you know, with your favorite movies and TV shows and books. Um, and uh, today's, um, today's featured uh, installment is uh, Kids Bop Clockwork Orange. Um and uh, now, as this movie is rated R, the children were not able to watch the movie beforehand, uh, so they took the title and just ran with it. Because um, they're ver- written and directed by children. 100% written and directed by children and controlled by large men with assault rifles. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's a clockwork orange. Um, from what I understand, it's mostly about a guy who eats oranges and fixes watches. 
Yeah. Um, uh, but again, it's all directed by children, so, and it's paid for by those children, so most of this stuff is either bought by their parents, and it's sub-quality, like the oranges that they use are all moldy, uh, I don't think they had, you know, any, like, real budget, uh, yeah. so they got it out of the trash, but anyway, uh, it's, it's a beautiful movie, very well done, uh, 10 out of 10 kids pop version, um, and, uh, yeah, so that's only the featured one. There's there's plenty of other movies. There's uh I highly recommend watching some of Kids Bob Law and Order SVU. Uh they have to cut out any references to violent crimes or sexually based offenses. Mm-hmm. So uh So it's all just a kid dressed as Ice T making wild accusations about things. Yeah, just walking up to people and saying like, "What were you doing yesterday?" and the other one's like, "Nothing." And that's pretty much every episode. And uh it's uh, it's not enjoyable to watch, but they're giving us some uh, some pretty cool hot weevils for doing this uh, yeah. plug. So yeah, and uh, and a high percentage of the kids acting are from the uh, Sarah McLaughlin commercials uh, for or no, she does the ones for she the does animals. the animals. No, these no, were kids no, no. who were part of a cult. Oh, okay. That's I'm saying right. that in That's the right. past tense. I'm not 100 percent if this is the cult. But they're one of those like religious families that had like thirty kids and won't yeah. let them leave the basement. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think the, the the money goes to get them food and stuff. So uh, you know, support them where we're getting you know a great deal of money for this plug. None of which we're going to send back to those children um, because money. they gave it to. Us. I got three Hot Wheels cars. I mean, we didn't get any money. I got money. We didn't though. Um, pretty happy with the car. Anyways, kids bop for other stuff. Check it out. Thank you. (laughs) And we're back. Uh, so... Welcome back. Uh, that was our little plug. Um, what else do we have to talk about today? We have I have some some bits and pieces and stuff for what we need to like for future episodes things to talk about. But there's specifically things uh, that Sam mentioned or are references to the episode we did with Sam. And we're Sam is not here, so we're, we're gonna wait for for, for that one. So I'm I'm kind of going in here uh, blind. Uh, well, so uh, we talked a bit about you know sports and movies, pop culture stuff. Let's go into video games. So I'm actually working with uh, with Reggie from Nintendo. He's retired from Nintendo, but he's made his own. Um, uh, made his own system, or he's making his own system called the Regisist, which is like the Genesis, but, uh, he, yeah, he, he wanted to, uh, you know, make his own thing, and, uh, we're working on a video game that's, um, 
So there's first-person shooters, and then there's like a third-person perspective where you see behind, well, we're going to take a different perspective. It's, this game is going to be entirely in second-person. Um, whoever is the closest person to you in the game, you change to their view, but you're still c controlling one character. Um, and every time the view changes... So it's kind of like... Uh, Kind of like a, a, a Resident Evil, but instead of the cameras being fixed, it's just pedestrians in the game, and sometimes they'll just turn around and not even be facing you. So it's, it can be a little hard to move around. But they'll go um, and do something else, and like you'll not know what you're controlling uh -huh. your guy doing. Yeah. Yeah. The other uh, interesting thing I heard you mention you're planning on uh, considering with a different game for the Regisys uh -huh. was having the perspective be like first person but you're staring at the front of the guy so you don't know where he's <laughs> going you're just looking directly into his face as he walks around oh doing God, stuff I'm, thinking of that. <laughs> um, I'm interested to seeing how that plays out because one um, of the games is a fighting game yeah it's a it, it, it's in the same uh, vein as god of war 3 it's kind of like um or not god of war 3 just any of the god of war games uh, where it's about, like, you know, mythology and stuff. And we're trying to actually make it so if, um, like you said, the camera's facing the face, but if there's a Medusa in the um, in the view of what you can see through the camera, uh, it actually turns the player into stone. We're working on that technology right now. Because um, I know uh, you, had, you had said the, the prototype for that was, the idea was, you see Medusa, and then your entire gaming console just fries. But mm -hmm. you were saying that kind of hurts the resale value. Yeah, so you'd rather just kill the players so someone kill else kill the player. Well, yeah, because yeah, because then once once the police come in and you know take the stone body out and bring it to our museum, um, they can take the system and sell it back. You know, <laughs> bringing more money into the American uh, yeah into the American economy and. Exactly. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so we're working on that. Um, Excited to... I, I, I probably won't personally play because I don't know how to play video games, but mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to um, passively uh, tell you good job. And uh, Oh, yeah. No, me, me and Reggie have never actually played video games. Reggie plays Fortnite, obviously. That's why you quit Nintendo because you couldn't play Fortnite anymore. Everyone knows that. Um but other than that, we've never actually played video games. We've only watched Let's Plays. Which is similar to um, how I learn most of what I do is uh, I, I, I uh, just watch YouTube videos of stuff. Like um, uh, I, I, would, I would like put on like a Let's Play for how to like, there's a video game where you're solving a Rubik's Cube to try and learn that. Mm -hmm. And then the video is about like two minutes. And then the autoplay, just I watched 16 hours straight of videos explaining to me white genocide and the fact that the Jews are controlling the media. And as a Jewish person, it was kind of like shocking to me because I was just like, I, I don't do that. But like, I could be doing this, you know, like mm -hmm. I could be controlling the media. So that was helpful. And so I, you know, I took that information and, uh, have since gone into, uh, trying to send out resumes to various places to just be professionally a racist lunatic. And all I have on my resume is I learned it from watching YouTube. I mean, that's all you really need nowadays. Yeah. You know, like be a bartender or be mm -hmm. like a, like one of those guys who runs a massive corporation. Yeah. Those are the two jobs I can think of. Yeah. 
I mean, that's how the current CEO got her job at YouTube. She just watched YouTube videos about it. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. And yep. Killed the other guy. And <laughs> because she killed him, she then became the CEO. That's how CEOs work. Yeah, that's like why a, Elon Musk, because, uh, like, that's just a random dude. Like, obviously, no self-respecting businessman would act like that. Mm-hmm. He was just a stone dude watching Joe Rogan videos and trying to get more racist. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know what I should do is kill whoever made Tesla. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because he wanted to own the company. He didn't know that part. Yeah, he yeah. just he just was he just had the plan. And then when he did it, they were like, "Well, now you're the CEO." He's like, "Oh, cool. I guess let's go to space or something." Yep. Let's do it. You know, because and then he he did as most CEOs do, and they're probably the most important people in our society. Mm-hmm. He told other people to do that, and then he went off to just make a shitload of money off of it while yelling at strangers on the internet for not liking them. Yeah. Which is you know noble. Because it takes a lot of courage when you are a multimillionaire to spend your entire life not enjoying your wealth, not enjoying any of the benefits of the society that has let you live that way, but to get personally offended to an extreme degree by people who have, like, a fraction of your income just trying to get by who do not personally love you. Yeah. Yeah. there's no better way to put it. I think that's... Which is actually why we've invited today's guest, Elon Musk, to to join us on the show. So... Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. right. Thank you for whispering at me, Mr. Musk. Um, Good day, mate. Thank you for uh, coming in today. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's what... It's my pleasure. Uh, first and foremost, uh, where, where did you drive into this, uh... I see you drove it directly into our office here. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm driving here. This is a, a fully electronic, uh, Humvee. What I did was, it's, it, it, you need, uh, your typical fossil fuels, as you may know. You take those... And you put them into this part in the back, it's a little hole, and you just, you pop it up in there, and then it turns the electric battery uh, somewhere in there in the front part, so it's an electric car. I came up with it when I was in a Humvee dealership, and they told me they had a Hummer, and I gave them money for it. So you're, you're telling me you understand because a car has a battery, it is in fact electric? Anything that has a battery in it is an electric car, specifically. I see no uh, point against that. Um, Neither do I. Um, so, uh, so speaking of, uh, we were talking about space and stuff before you crash your way in here. Um, I believe in that. Believe what, in space, absolutely. Yeah, well, you, you believe in space. Yeah, I've seen it myself. I saw a photo of it. I'm not a fan of it. But you want to go there? Oh, not me. I want to send other people there to try. So, sort of, I was reading uh, the a, a comment on a Joe Rogan podcast on YouTube.com, which uh, I, I personally think is, is uh, one of the only websites. It's a very big website. And as far as I'm concerned, if something isn't large and... Uh, uh, something I personally know about, then it's it's not a website. It's more of a 
sort of like a village or a, a house. <laughs> Point being, I was going through and it was a video about, um, so it wasn't from Joe Rogan, it was a fan of his, uh, would make videos of, of clips from Joe Rogan interspersed with his own commentary about white genocide. I don't know if you've heard of this. It, it's they're trying to kill white people because they don't like our freedom or something. I, I, I usually just go straight to the comments section and I look at it and I'm reading and this person said, yeah, you know, they're trying to kill us and it's like about all this uh, stuff about the Mayans and the Aztecs, and they used to kill people on these things and sacrifice them to the gods, you know. And I learned to read at the age of 17 years old. <laughs> I'm not perfectly great at it. I know. Well, I probably... mean, Albert Einstein couldn't talk until he was six, so. Who's that? I mean... Who? The, um, another. You might have read about him once or twice. <laughs> Highly unlikely. I think he discovered the sun or something. What the sun? Oh, you're talking about uh, or the speed of light. Teotihuacan or uh, uh, Quetzalcoatl, probably. I don't. I just know words. Um, I, I, look, <laughs> I look at the words and I say that means this thing, and it, it mostly has worked out for me in most ways of of, of my. Yeah, you know. But, no, not familiar with Albert Einstein. Does he have a, a similar, like, a podcast or something? Um, yeah. It's, Preferably uh, one where he talks to Nazis a lot. Um, yeah, it's called Einstein's Neinstein, which means uh, Einstein's no drink in German. That's uh, where he would invite... Uh, he would invite... And he would also invite a nine... Uh, German soldiers to sit with him and talk about uh, I don't personally believe in Germany um, <laughs> what? but as I was saying <laughs> okay. I got the idea, I'm looking at the <laughs> the YouTube comment and it's saying something like, oh they used to kill uh, whatever, put them up on a rock and stab them in the heart and it would feed they tell the gods, you know, they take, take this whatever, so what I want to do is take a bunch of people Preferably small children and put them into a small container because it has it's small because they're small children You understand if they were full adults you need a larger container which would cost slightly more money But also I don't like when uh, uh, things are so big that uh, They're larger than I am because it makes me feel afraid that they might eat me similar to like say a lion or a tiger so you put the children into this big old box but it's not very big because it has to be small so probably the size of say like a honda civic perhaps small if you could a fully electric honda civic well most cars are fully electric they have batteries in them anyways <laughs> you put them in there and then you shoot them off into space <laughs> You shoot them off into space, and you say, space, you you big freak, because, you know, it's very large, and as a result, I'm afraid that it might eat me. And I don't like the idea of that, because I don't know what space's mouth looks like, but if it looks anything like mine, that would be weirdly erotic to me, and that's off-putting as well. So you send the children off into space, and you, you send them with, like, a little note, just a piece of paper that says, do not eat me, eat these children, and you never hear from them again. I got the idea 
both from this YouTube comment and from a dream I had, where specifically I fed children to the sky. That gave me the idea for Tesla. Now, as you may know, <laughs> Tesla existed prior to me being the CEO of Tesla. So you might be thinking, someone else came up with the idea for Tesla and they made it. This is true. But I also had the idea of uh, Tesla because I, I heard about Tesla and then I had a dream about it and I said, that's my idea now. And I, I started writing down on my wall with strings and things attached to whatever, saying how I'm going to kill the CEO of Tesla. And effectively what it came down to was a gun. Well, you answered my next question. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it. You answered my next question, which was going to be, what are you about to say? I get very afraid of people who aren't speaking so long as I'm not speaking, which is why I try to speak as much as possible so that there's less time for other people to speak so that I'm not worried as to why they're not speaking. This extends to people who are not in the room with me. When people, like, far and wide, wherever they may be, the fact that there's someone somewhere in the world who's not speaking right now, I would prefer if everyone was just constantly just making some sort of a tone or hum so, like, they'd be like, ah, at all times, and then when they wanted to say something different, they'd be like, now, hold on a moment, here's something I want to say. You trying to filibuster your own interview? I don't know what that word means, but I have to assume that it's larger than a tiger. Please well, say something. Filibuster was someone actually from, um, like, my hometown. Uh, his, his name was Phila, and he would break stuff all the time. Um, but it was always during, like, town meetings, and he made them go long because he just kept on breaking stuff and uh, interrupting people who were trying to speak and end the meetings. Uh, so that's actually where filibuster comes from. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, just a little fun fact. that had nothing to do with whatever you were talking about, because to be very honest, Mr. Musk, I was not listening. Mind if I call you Mr. Musk? I actually would mind that. Please speak. Please say something. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a read on you. <laughs> well, don't ask me about that because, as I said, I'm not particularly good at reading. Please say something. <laughs> I can't say. to think of something, you asshole. <laughs> we need to constantly be... Something has to be going on. Something has to be being said. Someone has to be saying something. Is there a reason that you're... Afraid of people not talking. Namely the fact that I believe someone at one point said that the there was a, 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 like a lot of silence. They said we're, we're experiencing a, a large swath of silence. So something along those lines to which I thought that means silence could potentially be something similar to a lion or a tiger. Or even say like a shark if you believe in that. Uh, and it could then eat <laughs> Silence could grow a mouth somewhere out of the sky and and stop to eat me. And frankly, the idea of, of being eaten alive is something that both uh, intoxicates me with its lustful energy and, and terrifies me at all moments of the day. 
So what you're telling me is you're both into Vore and have a phobia of it. I believe that that is the way that everyone feels because it is the way that I feel. And I have to assume that I am a representative of everybody else on account of the fact that if I wasn't, then that would mean other people thought things different from what I think. Please respond. <laughs> I agree. That, that seems like the most reasonable way to think about it. And most people should think like you, because you are, in fact, the CEO, right? And there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than that. I want to move on to something else, oh, no. something you haven't brought up personally, which is the idea people have been talking about, we have to colonize Mars. Now, personally, I don't know what colonize means, but I do like the idea of throwing a bunch of things at Mars until the entire thing snaps into a bunch of smaller pieces, because as it stands, as you may guess, I am terrified of Mars because it could eat me. If I should discover that there are planets that are even larger than Mars, or really any planet of equal size to Mars, I would probably set out with all of what I have the power to do to destroy those planets. You understand that Earth is larger than Mars, right? I'm not aware of what that is. What is Earth? Let's step away from that question. Um, we don't need to open that can of worms. I don't believe in worms. Dude, what... What are all the things you don't believe in that you'd say most people do believe in? I don't believe other people believe in anything that I don't believe in, because that would mean, yet again... True. They, yeah, absolutely. So, okay. frankly speaking, I don't think most things exist unless I'm personally either looking at them at that time or can remember them. I have very bad memory. So, most things are not real. That is generally how these things work. And I, I agree with that sentiment. To be fully honest, I'm a, I, I, I don't believe most things are real. So Obviously, I assume that you that. agreed with me because, as I said, I don't think anyone does it. Did you know that the wind has a face? Are you aware of that fact? Have you ever seen the face of the wind? It is a scary face. Please That's, respond. Uh... <laughs> face of the wind, is that a movie? So, it sounds like the name of a movie. Were you in it? You were in, uh, I was speaking of movies that you were in, we were talking about MCU, you were actually in Iron Man 2. You make a brief cameo, um, talking to, uh, Robert Downey Jr. How did, uh, how did you feel about doing that? I liked Robert Downey Jr., he is a short man, and as a result, I do not believe he could eat me. <laughs> That's your only impression of him? Is that your only impression of all people, is whether or not they have the ability to eat you? Most people I do not believe in. Please respond. <laughs> have you ever looked at a particularly large tree and wondered if, if that tree could, could get out of the ground and run, how fast would it run? Would it be weighed down by the size of the rest of the tree, or would it be so muscular from the fact that it is so large? Because think about this, the legs would be the roots, it and the roots have been underused, please let me finish, because they're <laughs> underground. <laughs> so they would be able to run hypothetically, but they'd be very, very, you know, tired and not being used. But think about it, the roots are very large too, so you don't know. Please respond. <laughs> I feel like they would have a lot of drag because of the leaves. They'd have a lot of air drag. I mean, you you build cars. What if it happened in autumn? Um, there'd still be there'd still be a lot of drag. The branches would create a lot of wind drag. There's a lot of there's not a lot of space between them. If you're 
looking at it like straight on. What if it was an elm tree? Please respond. Um, I don't know what an elm tree looks like. I just, I know a list of different kinds of trees and I'm going to ask you every specific one. Elm tree. Uh, the only tree that I know is the larch. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Um, it's, uh, just, it's the easiest tree to identify, the larch. You just look at it and you know it's a larch. What about a palm tree? Uh, it's, it's, uh, that's not a larch. That's, that's how I, you identify that. Understandable. Thing, trees are either larches or not larches. That's how most things are. That's how I feel about dogs. They're either trees or the dogs. It's a very astute observation. Most dogs are okay. I've only seen one or two dogs that I consider to be a threat, but I was a smaller person at that time because I was younger. I get older every day. Do you do this? Don't respond. What I want to know <laughs> is whether or not there are dogs out there that if they were to live long enough would be able to become as large as I am. If that's true, I must kill them. Please respond. No. <laughs> Do you think that it would be possible to find an elephant? <laughs> no, I don't. I agree. I was testing you. Do you think that it would be a feasible idea to find a similar canister to one that you would put perhaps a group of small children into and put dogs into it instead? If you were to do so, would that be better or worse of a sacrifice to give to the sky? Better. Dogs are more trustworthy than children. But would that mean that you would not want to eat them because you could use them as an army to come and get me, Elon Musk, and eat me? One dog is small, but several dogs, if they were to work together, could become a larger dog. This is how companies work, and this is what I do as CEO. If I have more people working for me, that means that I personally am taller. By that math, I'm several thousand feet tall. That means that I am capable of defeating most people in arm wrestling contests because my arms are so long that they can't find the end of it. But I cannot defeat a planet because they do not have arms. I feel the same way about trees because if they have all of these branches and if you were to call those arms, they have more arms than I do. That is not okay. I do not feel safe around trees. Please respond. <laughs> you do not feel safe around trees. However, it seems that you live in a treehouse. I have to, it's the same idea as with Mars. You, you, you put things on it, you throw things at it until it is destroyed. If you live inside of the tree, it's sort of like if you understand that parasites, I saw this in a video about Joe Rogan one time, there's parasites that go <laughs> into the brain of an ant. You go into the brain of the ant and then you make the ant walk up uh, and, 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 and die. You kill the ant so that you can eat the ant and you take it over and then you sprout out of the ant's head. I, I would like to do that with most things. I would like to burrow inside of a tree and make the tree kill itself by taking over its brain, but I have not been able to find the brain of a tree. I have tried to do this with, with most of my enemies, uh, generally speaking, is I try to, 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 to wear them like a skin suit and, and to, 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 to take over their brain and make plants grow out of them, but the plants that grow out of the brain are smaller than the plants, if it is a plant, for instance, a tree, I replace its brain with a daffodil, because I could, I could kill a daffodil, because I have very long arms. Please respond. <laughs> Please respond. <laughs> 
So you you believe that anything can grow a mouth at any moment, but if it doesn't already have arms, it will not grow arms or create arms. Because you said that you said space doesn't have arms, but it has planets a mouth. do not have arms. Planets I do not know if space has arms. If it does have arms, then I need to have more people work for my company so that I can have larger arms so that I can defeat space in an arm wrestling contest. And there are two kinds of ways that these things happen. Either you get eaten by Sky or you defeat it in arm wrestling contest. This is similar to how you could handle, say, a very large dog, which is what I did as a child. I would either try to burrow away inside of the dog with my father's knives or things like that and then come out of its brain as a daffodil or I would defeat it in an arm wrestling contest. Otherwise, I knew the dog would eat me or defeat me in the arm wrestling contest. Please respond. Dogs have more arms than you do. How did you beat it? They I usually have would, four arms. Would usually only resort to the arm wrestling if I had already, in some way, injured the dog with a knife. I spent um, most of my youth locked in a small cupboard. Please respond. So, like Harry Potter. I don't believe in any of that. Good. I was testing you that time. Do you believe in tests? Yes. Please respond. <laughs> um, Coconuts are not dangerous because they're smaller than me and look sort of like a like a bowling ball or something along those lines. I'm okay with coconuts, but they come from trees. Are coconuts weapons being thrown at me by trees? If so, is it okay to throw things like coconuts at other enemies, or is that doing the bidding of the trees? Is it okay to eat a vegetable, or is that, if you eat a vegetable, or is that sort of, because think about it, you burrow inside of something and come out of its brain as a daffodil, or even, say, a daisy or a rose. If you eat a vegetable, is that the ground trying to do the same thing to you? Is your brain being controlled by you or by the various plants you've eaten in your life? Have you ever eaten a vegetable? No. Then you're safe from that. But let's say you eat something like, like dirt. Have you ever eaten dirt? I eat yeah, dirt. I eat absolutely. If you remove it from the ground, does it still have the power of the ground? Is the ground still capable of taking over you, or have you d destroyed part of the ground? Because I would eat the dirt, thinking this is how I can defeat the ground. But it could also mean that the ground is burrowing inside of me. In which case, am I? If I destroy Mars, am I actually destroying Mars, or is the Earth controlling me by burrowing into my brain and becoming a, a flower? Well, I could think of no better way to come to an end of this interview uh, than an open-ended question such as that. I don't believe anybody has a true answer to those questions, Mr. Mosque. You, you're very deep today. Thank you. I, 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 I prefer to not be to, to, to not to not be deep because if if you're deep, think of like a submarine. You go into the water and you, you lower into the water, and then how do you get out? which would be coming back out of the water or leaving the submarine. And if you leave the submarine, you could drown. Similarly, if you did that in the ground, if you were to leave the ground, are you able to come back out of its brain like a flower or would you be suffocated by the dirt? I do not want to be buried when I die. I want everyone else to be. Thank you. I have to leave. Goodbye. Thank you for that enlightening interview. Holy shit. Yeah, I wish I could have gotten a little bit of more, uh, get a question in there, but um, uh, Mr. Mr. Musk drove his, his Humvee right in between us, so I was 
too far away from the microphone for any of what I was saying to be heard, obviously. I mean, I was just answered, asking the questions you were asking. Yeah, I think, I, I feel I was represented yeah. similar to... Yeah, I mean, well, we got this microphone from Toys R Us, so it makes sense that it, that it doesn't pick up stuff super well all the time. Absolutely. Um, Especially seeing as we got it from Toys R Us after they closed down, so we just found oh, it. Oh, that's right, Toys R Us doesn't think anymore. Fuck. <laughs> Why, did you, did you have plans? I totally forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. That was actually a thing. Toys R Us shut down. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Or? Um, I think I think that's a good wrap for today. All uh, right. You have any words of wisdom for words, our audience? I think my words of wisdom would be um, something I, I kind of learned from Walt Whitman. Not from reading his poetry, but uh, just kind of thinking about him. Uh, I like I like his name. I like the way it sounds. So I was I was sitting in my study, uh, thinking about Walt Whitman's name and kind of saying it to myself over and over again. And I realized something, and it's uh, like if your name is is like Walt or like Walter, kind of weird. Why? Um, my words of wisdom are in the vein of, uh, Elon Musk and the, uh, information that he has brought to us, uh, which is, um, fear anything larger than you are. I think that, I think that's a lesson that we can all take home today. Yes, I'm terrified um, of you. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I'm, you know, about eight foot tall, 520 pounds. Yeah. Um... You know, so I, I could eat most people if I wanted to, and most people should be terrified of me, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, thank you for joining us yeah. on this episode of Fun Facts and Sad Truths. I'm your host. And I'm also your host. Good night, everybody. Good night.